Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. This morning I want to start a series. I'm going to do four of these right through December and it's called Why Mary? Let's go to Luke 1 verse 26. And we are told that in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel, that's the angel, appeared to her and said, Greetings, favoured woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You'll name him Jesus. He'll be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Now, when I started thinking about this passage some time ago or the whole of the Christmas story, it struck me that Mary could not have been the only young virgin woman in the entire land of Israel. I'd venture to say that she wasn't even the only young virgin woman who was engaged to a descendant of King David because he had quite a bunch of descendants. And so as I began to think about that, Obviously, the question comes, why Mary? Well, that's more than just a tricky question to ask. Some kind of like a thought bubble that you should just be curious about. Because in verse 28 and again in verse 30, Mary is told by the angel of God that she's highly favoured, that she's special, that something about her life has signalled to God that she's one who's able to carry the Messiah and who's going to save the entire world. Now, that position, of course, has already been taken and fulfilled by Mary. But I don't know about you, but I want to be someone who's favoured by God. I want to be the kind of person who signals to heaven that there's something about my life that God can use in a great and a special way. Obviously, none of us will ever get to do that again, but we can, through the power of the Holy Spirit, every one of us can be somebody that makes a difference to the world in which we live. We can be someone who carries God's salvation to the people around about us. And so... Right, that's why right through December, I'm going to be speaking about four qualities of Mary. And I don't think that they are things that most people will readily spring to mind in and think, well, that's why it is. And so this session with you this morning, I'm going to focus in, well, uh, the simplest way to say is I'm going to focus in on the courage of Mary. Verse 38, let me read it to you. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. And then the angel left her. This young woman, engaged but not married, is saying to God, I'm available to fulfill your promise to your people. 
Well, of course, lots of us have said yes to Jesus. I'm not sure many of us have ever said yes with the full realisation of what our yes means, like Mary would have understood. In her culture, and still is this way in some cultures around the world, to be a young woman pregnant but not yet married is more than simply uh, a slight hiccup in your life journey. For her, it would have been a lot more than simply a a slight embarrassment or uh uh-oh moment. But for Mary, it's a lot more than that. She's saying yes, even without understanding everything that's coming her way. She's definitely saying yes to possible, most likely positive misunderstanding. Don't you think that there's going to be a whole bunch of people after the birth of Jesus are going to count back nine months? They will. They'll count back nine months and go, oh, wow. There's going to certainly be some of that around Mary's life. Shame. What about all the questions that Mary would have and that I've got no doubt you or I would have as well? And so when Mary is saying yes, we are not talking here about, well, yes, if, which is something we're used to, or yes, but, I'll say yes so long as, nor maybe not even just a a maybe I'll think about it, but this young woman says yes. Can I say to you that faith always takes courage? You can go to the bank on it, as we say. That faith, whatever it is, responding to God's promises, always takes courage in your life. There's a stepping out of the boat moment. There is a yes, I choose to believe moment. Whatever it is that God might be saying to you, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, faith doesn't know about it yet. Faith hasn't seen it yet. But faith says, I'm going to step out and believe, even though I can't know it all right now, even though I don't see it all. And that every single time takes courage. And can I say to you, it never stops. No matter how long you've been following Jesus, no matter how experienced you are in believing God, can I say to you, every step with Jesus will take courage. Every step you walk with God, you can't just kind of go, well, the courage was at the beginning. There's a verse where it says that Mary and Jesus' brothers, because there were other siblings that Mary and Joseph had, half-siblings, at one point, they turn up to a house where Jesus is, is speaking and the crowd's so big and no one can get in and they haven't had time to eat. And the message gets passed down to the front to Jesus to say, your mother and your brothers are outside and they're worried about you. They think maybe you've gone a bit too far. It says that they were there And one version says they thought he was out of his mind. Every single step took courage. At the wedding in Cana of Galilee, whatever he says to you, 
just, just do it. it. And, and then, then walking off, off saying it's, it's going to be okay. Can I say to you that faith takes courage? It takes courage to declare, I believe, not I believe in God. I think lots of people can do that and with very little courage. Well, for some anyway. Fathers, maybe it's a very courageous step. But to believe God, to say, I believe in the vision God has put in my heart. I believe that what he said about my family is going to come to pass. I believe that what he said about the healing that I'm, I'm looking for, I believe that. And to stand on those promises of God, I believe, takes courage. And I want you to hear this thing because not that it should be daunting, but I want to encourage every single one of you that the courage to believe is certainly within your power. The courage to say, God, no matter what it looks like, I choose to believe you. That takes courage and you've got it. Courage is an important part of being a follower of Jesus. Certainly facing your fears takes courage. Someone asked me once, had I ever been afraid? I said, wrong question. The question you should ask is, how often haven't you been? I don't think I've ever done anything that I wasn't in, felt inadequate for. I know that lots of times, fears of this, the Apostle Paul said this. He said there were fightings, conflicts within, and there were fears without. He said there was all kinds of stuff going on. And if the Apostle Paul could say, you know what? My humanity, my emotions, my mind are crumbling under the fear of what's going on around about me. Don't think that when he was hauled up before the courts or don't think that every time they pulled out the lash to whip his back one more time, don't think that he just said, who cares, on you go. I think he knew what real fear felt like. But courage is facing your fears. It's not having none. It's facing them. Luke 1 verse 39, the latter part of the chapter we started reading, says a few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. And you go, so what? It's cousins meeting. No, it's a married cousin who's been waiting for decades to have a child who's rejoicing in the birth that's going to be John the Baptist. And then comes her young cousin, Mary, and walks in the door and says, guess what? I'm having a baby. You never invited me to the wedding. We haven't had it yet. Do you know what I've discovered is that most people, when they encounter something they're slightly embarrassed about, they run away. They hide. They don't want anyone to see their weakness. I've said this before in this church, that this is not a church where you should be embarrassed about brokenness in your life. If you are trying to deal with it, get on the track of saying, God, will you help me? Will you journey with me? Because I'm here to tell you there isn't anybody, including the one on the platform, that's ever going to look at you and go, that's terrible, don't come back until you fix yourself up. Because every single one of us are on the same journey you are. 
saying yes to Christ and then allowing him and working with him and cooperating with him to say, God, will you build my life like you intended it to be in the first place before the devil came and screwed it up? And every single one of us, I believe, needs to take the courage to face whatever the fears. What if I'm wrong? What are people going to say? How can I be sure? Facing your fears definitely takes courage. My greatest admiration always is for the people who every day face down their anxieties, their worries, their sense of inadequacy, and they live a great life anyway. There's lots of them in this room. Lots of people, I'm sure many online as well. You know, every day. I've spoken to people in this church who say every day to do my job. There's an effort to stand up and to speak and to do what I'm called to do and what I'm supposed to do. I admire people like that. I don't admire the people that grace the pages of the Success magazine. The people that look like they've got it all together and they've made it. Because I know that inside every single one of them, there is another human with some measure of brokenness. My admiration is always for the people, and there's some here like this right now. People that I admire because they've got daily things to deal with, but they live a great life anyway. We all know that courage is not the absence of fear. It's how you respond despite the presence of it. You know, they give out medals for bravery every year in Australia. There are bravery awards handed out. My brother-in-law was the recipient of one some years ago. He ran into a burning house and rescued children that were trapped inside. For that, he got a medal. But can I tell you that they'll give you medals for bravery, but I don't know anyone that hands out medals for everyday courage. I wish we did. They give out medals for bravery, but the reward for courage is a bigger life. Amen? If you and I every day, come on. If you and I every day say, I've got this issue. I've got this loss. I've got this pain. I've got this hurt. I've got this circumstance. I've got this situation. But you know what? I'm going to live a big life anyway. No matter what goes my way, I'm going to live a big life regardless. If you will do that every single day, you may not end up with a bravery award, but you'll certainly end up with a bigger life. That's for sure. Here's the third thing that I believe takes courage. Faith does, facing your fears does. Here's the third one. Sacrifice. Sacrifice takes courage. Think about it a minute. Mary sacrifices the comfortable, certain life she had. You know, it's all planned. The wedding's all worked out. Huh? I always tell young couples when I marry them that if you can organise a wedding, you can organise the invasion of a small country. Because those things are just complicated, aren't they? Huh? I've been, well, I am married, but I've also seen three of my kids get married. And my goodness, I, I, I almost don't want to know about all that. What colour are the invitations? It matters to someone, but it's not me. 
you know, what font will we use? One they can read. Huh? I used to say to my, my kids, I don't mind what you do so long as I'm invited. Huh? Mary's given up all the, you can you imagine all the planning? And all of a sudden she's got to start going shopping for baby clothes? Huh? Wow. She sacrifices the comfortable certain life she had and it wasn't for just nine months. It's for the rest of her life. I'm going to speak on the 20th, I believe it is. Mary is the only person, the only one who's at the conception, at the birth, at the cross and at the upper room for the day of Pentecost. She's the only human. What amazing steadfastness. When all the disciples, apart from one, got to the thought of the cross, one of them had already taken his own life. The other ten said, you've got to be kidding. We don't want it anywhere near that. And there was only one called John who was there at the cross. Mary's the only one who's had all of those things. She did a journey of it. You know, the reality is donating doesn't take courage. But sacrifice does. Isn't that right? You can easily donate. That's our price, but it's not as same as the sacrifice. I pray that this season will be more than just the Christmas cheer. I pray that you will be saying, God, I want to be like Mary, not in what she did, obviously. But Lord, I want her characteristics to mark my life. I want to be a person of courage. I want him to say about me whether I'm ever famous or any of that stuff. I want him to say that person lives with courage. Amen. That person lives despite those things that are around about their life. They face their fears. They sacrifice in their life. And they believe God in Jesus' name. Now, if I was to ask how many of you would say to me today, Jeff, I need more courage in my life. Jeff, there's things I'm facing and I'm wilting under them. There's things that are around about my life and I'm just really not sure how to keep going. Would you pray for me for God to give me courage? I'd love to. Wherever you are right now, bow your head with me, would you, as we pray. Father, there are people that are a part of this service facing huge issues, not small ones, they're big. They're not sure what to do with that loved one who's gone off the rails. God, they're not sure of how to proceed with their business. And it's serious. And they need your help. God, I pray for every single one, no matter who they are, the one who just every day says, I need courage for just today. Well, I pray that you'll do that. If the Apostle Paul could write and say, I pray that you'll be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, then God, I know that you're the God who encourages. You put courage in. Would you do that today in Jesus' name? Would you put that courage inside? God, I pray that the shackles of fear and despair and doubt and worry that have hidden your face from them will be taken away. Lord, let them look right into you and say, God, with your help, I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to see your blessing. I'm going to see your favor.
in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, we're going to sing my favourite carol in just a minute again. But I know that there'd be some of you in the building, be some of you a part of the service online, either right now or later, it doesn't matter when. You'd say to me, Jeff, I wish I knew Jesus. Do you know, I meet people like that all the time. I sat next to an incredibly, well, he was a very wealthy businessman. Sat next to him on a plane once. And he said to me, I envy people like you. And I thought, here you were with all of the, when he was, had, he was quite wealthy. Quite well known. He said, I envy people like you. And I said, why? He said, I grew up in a family where faith was not only despised, it was actively discouraged. He said, my parents had been through the Holocaust. God was not allowed even to be mentioned in our home. Now, I remember sitting next to this guy on a plane and thinking that how, see, faith isn't something you've got to get born with and grow up with. You actually don't get it from your mom and dad. You can get a religious observance from them. You can get a respect for church from them. But they can't give you faith. The Bible says that He, Jesus, is the author and developer of our faith. So I know that He wants to bring it to you today. All it takes is for you to say yes to Jesus. I know every, every time I do this, I wonder whether there isn't someone saying, it can't be that easy. I go, well, you're right. If it was a human thing, it wouldn't be that easy. You'd have to be educated. You'd have to be trained. You'd have to prove it. You'd have to have testing. But the Bible simply says, if you will say yes to Jesus and open the door, He says, I'll come in. That's it. I pray you'll say yes to Jesus. If you're in Australia, you can simply do that by texting yes, Y-E-S, to 488 That's the number. Dedicated yes line, 488 If you're outside of Australia or if you'd like to get the daily help by email, just go to yes.metrochurch.org.au. Yes.metrochurch.org.au. And we will send you, if it's on one screen of the smartphone, We'll send you a scripture every day, a different one. A prayer, a different one every day, just if it's on one screen. And it'll help you start to follow Jesus. And I pray you'll do that because I believe that He's the answer for the world. I believe that Jesus loves you. And I believe that He wants to walk with you in a dynamic, supernatural and spectacular way. And we thank God for it. Amen. Amen. Well, I pray that uh, everything today has been a blessing to you. Thank you again to Metro Kids and Families. That was a hoot. And uh, I'm sure that's going to get a few views. Uh, all the parents and the grandparents, send them the link. Don't you know, forget, next Sunday morning is going to be our productions kicked right up at 9.30. It's going to be an exciting day for sure. And again at night, uh, bring people to both if you can. That would be great. <laughs>